Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Well, it's the beginning of August, which means we have new family downloads available that go along with our theme for 2022 of restoration. So be sure to go check them out on our app or on our website. Now I have two guests joining me today on the podcast, Kyle and Bobby Robinson, and they are the co-founders of Aces for Autism, which is a nonprofit located in Greenville, North Carolina. And Aces for Autism is a treatment and education center for individuals impacted by autism. And it was birthed out of their own personal experiences raising their son, Samuel, who has autism. And I absolutely loved hearing how they have used their journey and their story to love and serve families like theirs in their community. And I know that you'll be inspired by their story. Hey, Kyle and Bobby, thank you so much for joining me today for the podcast. I'm excited to get to meet you and hear about your story. I heard about you from our friend Ellen from the Tim Tebow Foundation, and she was like, you need to meet this couple. You need to talk to them. And so (laughs) I am so glad to uh, get to have this opportunity to to visit with you all and hear more about your journey. Thank you. you. We're honored uh, to be part of your podcast, Becky, and looking forward to it. Well, I am, I'm excited to hear about what you all are doing. And, but to start off, just tell us a little bit about you guys. Tell us about your family, where you live, and just introduce yourselves to us. Right. So um, I'm Bobby Robinson, and this is Kyle. And we um, live in Greenville, North Carolina. And we have a, um, our oldest son, Samuel, he is on the autism spectrum. And then um, we have a middle child. Lincoln, who's six years old now, and then Olivia Hope, she's our youngest one. So um, it's kind of a wild dynamic. <laughs> Lots going on in your house. Lots yeah, going on. we're outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you look great. You're you're doing good. I can tell by, by seeing you through the screen. You're you're holding up great. So that that is that is Thank awesome. You. So yeah. tell us about Samuel. Yeah, so Samuel, uh, he'll be, he's coming up, uh, he'll be 11 years old uh, next month in August. Uh, Samuel was diagnosed with autism when he was 18 months old, so he got an early diagnosis. But really, even before that, you know, as new parents, uh, Bobby just had that motherly instinct. Mm -hmm. She knew something wasn't quite right when he was six, seven months old. He wasn't meeting those developmental milestones, wasn't rolling over and um, was a huge advocate for him uh, with his pediatrician. And early on, thankfully, he started with physical therapy at six months old. And then a couple months later, had an occupational therapy. And then by the time he was a year old, he, he started speech. Um, fast forward to now, I mean, he's, he's just really uh, coming to his own. Um, when he got the autism diagnosis at 18 months, he still wouldn't use his hands. So he kept his hands really up close to his face, mm-hmm. pull his hand down and go right back up to his face. And, you know, as a parent, new parent, you expect your child to be playing with toys and, you know, crawling on the floor and all these things. And it wasn't happening for Samuel. And we started to wonder, hey, is this the way life is going to be forever? Mm-hmm. And um, at two years old, um, we, we kind of did a lot of research, a lot of praying. We thought about moving 
moving from Greenville, um, Greenville is an area of the eastern part of the state that is a rural part of the state. Uh, Greenville, uh, you've got East Carolina University this year, this, um, the third largest university in the state. And, and Greenville is kind of the hub of the east. Um, but there was no services for autism at the time when he was when he was diagnosed for, mm-hmm. for ABA therapy. So we, uh, we we contemplated about moving out of state. Uh, we actually flew out uh, to California, almost moved out to Sacramento, wow. California, to the to the Mind Institute, uh, and and visited a lot of different other places, mm-hmm. and eventually uh, found a place in Winston Salem called ABC of NC. And uh, Bobby quit her teaching job, and her and Samuel drove three hours across the state uh, every uh, Sunday afternoon, and he would stay there throughout the week where he wow. got intensive therapies, and then they would come back here yeah. uh, on the weekend. And that really, you know, when he started at two, again, he he wasn't using his hands. We were still bottle feeding them, and then, uh, you know, over time, he started to improve. And fast forward to now, he'll be going into fifth grade next year. He uh, uh, has a one-on-one that goes with him to school. He goes to school to half day to a private Christian school here in the area. And then the other half of the day, he goes to ACES uh, for services. Yeah. And, uh, he's just, for Samuel, he's just taught us more than we've taught him. Mm, absolutely. Uh, totally understand that one. It, yeah. And, you yeah. Know, and, and kind of through our journey with him, you know, and, and starting the nonprofit ACES for Autism, we've learned that every milestone is a celebration mm-hmm. and uh, every gift is a gift from God. And, you know, being able to pick up something off the table, that's a gift. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff that we take for granted yeah. and we don't celebrate. And I just remember, you know, like for, for Samuel, um, you know, when we would be playing together, you know, or I would sit down on the floor and try and interact with him when he was, um, you know, 18 months Mm -hmm. old. And, um, and it was kind of like, he could, he would look right through us. And I mean, he was more interested in the lights on the wall and Mm -hmm. the shadows on the wall than actually, you know, interacting with, with me. And, um, and so it was, it was a struggle. And, um, but like when he started therapy, the eye contact started coming. I mean, they had to, you know, they were, they were teaching him how to, um, you know, basically how, like he was learning, but he was missing out on, you know, certain opportunities that typically developing kids um, just naturally, you know, naturally learn. And so they were having to teach him those, those milestones, those like basic milestones in order for him to build them on. Well, you know, when you get the, that diagnosis, I remember those early years and that your story is somewhat similar to that of my son. And there's some similarities there. And, you know, when you look at that and you think back to those days, you know, how my late husband responded to the diagnosis and how I responded was completely different, you know? And, and so what was that like for you all, as you looked at, when you think back to those early years, you know, it's your first son. It was the same with us. That was my my only child. Uh, But, you know, he was our first child. So we didn't, we knew something wasn't quite, quite right. Uh, But you're, you then when you start getting that first diagnosis and then the second second diagnosis like when you were talking about all the therapies that was us like we started with this therapy and then added the next ah. therapy and so what do you remember about those early days of, of how you as the dad responded and then Bobby you as the mom how you responded 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, as you know, first we were kind of just in shock, you know, mm-hmm. we were in a dark place, like, okay, well, what does the future look like? And kind of as a dad, you know, I like to fix things, you know? And, yeah. And so really uh, trying to get on the phone and call and try to find ways to help them. Uh, and then really, uh, for me, I never wanted to have any regrets down the road. You know, well, we should have done this when he was younger. We should have done this. So for me, it was like, let's get him everything that he, mm. he can get so he can reach his full God-given potential. You know, don't leave any stone unturned. Let's, let's do everything possible. And, um, you know, if, if physical therapy, I remember early on, they only wanted to do it like once or twice a week. And I'm like, let's do it four times a week, you know, <laughs> and come in. I can't, um, what brought us to Greenville back in 2010 was East Carolina. I was in college athletics for 20 years. And, you know, basketball is routine. You practice, you practice a skill uh, to, to, to become a better basketball player. You, it's repetitive. The more you practice, the better you get. I'm like, this is the same thing with Samuel. He needs, okay, if they want two therapies a week, if he does four therapies a week, it's going to help him better. Right. You know? So I was like, you know, just, just trying to, um, I guess, really fix things mm-hmm. um, at first um, and really, you know, coming to realization this is not something that daddy can fix. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, so it was that was kind of how how I was early on during during right. the diagnosis and the coming to the acceptance that you know this is something that we're going to have to you know navigate through and, and and deal with. Right. I mean, getting that autism diagnosis, it was uh, you know, I mean, leading up to that, we knew something was going on. We knew, you know, I mean, I could see um, just from being a teacher um, and like researching autism and um, like knowing those, those, you know, red flags that, um, that pop up. And, um, and I just remember seeing some of those in Samuel and it was kind of like a, you know, um, you would hear like people, people in the medical field tell you like, Oh, just wait it out. Like he's just a boy and might take him some time to catch up. And, um, but in my heart, I was like, no, like th- this could be something, you know, different. This could be, you know, autism. And, um, and I just remember sitting in the pediatrician office and, um, I still was on the fence of like, is it something, is it not something? Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you go back and forth and, um, and I just remember asking our pediatrician seven different times in that doctor's visit. I mean, it yeah. just like, I don't know why, but like, it just kept coming up. I kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong? Are you sure we should just, you know, wait it out? And she, at the, after the seventh time I asked her, she was, um, she was like, you know what? I, I'm not sure. I, yeah. I can't a hundred percent tell you, you know, that, yeah. that this is an autism. And it was kind of like a relief, um, at that moment, it kind of like gave us that green light. Okay. Well, if it is, you know, if it is something we, if if this could be autism, like this is the green light, let's go, let's find out like where, um, you know, what we need to do in order to help them. And, um, but just like Kyle, you know, it, it was something that, um, we had to, 
it was kind of like the first time in our lives where we couldn't fix it, Mm -hmm. you know, like we couldn't do anything to fix this. And the only place we could go was on our knees and like, and just completely like giving it up to God. And I just remember we were, we would hit our knees every night and we would pray over Samuel and, um, and I just remember praying and I remember hearing God say, got this. Mm. And it was like a total relief. It was like, okay, I don't, I, there's nothing I can do, mm-hmm. but, um, but you, you, you yeah. have to take it. And, um, and from that moment on, we knew that, um, you know, like we knew that God would, would have it, but it was, it was when he said, I've got this yeah. and just a total relief and peace washed over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, from, from here on out, like you've got this and I don't need to try and fix it. Mm. And it was like uh, a turning point at that yeah. point to go, okay, yep. you've got that word. And now what are we going to, what are we, here's where we are. And now what are we, what are we going to do? And so, you know, your son's now, he's 11 now. And you told us a little bit, he goes to school part of the day goes to your therapy center, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but what, how does autism today impact his day-to-day life and your family's life? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's uh every day's an adventure, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you, you get out of the house, that's a win, you know, with the son, you know, we get in the car and I'm like, we made it, <laughs> made it <laughs> to the, the car. car. Yeah. <laughs> Win. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Samuel, um, and um, he does very good on routine. Mm-hmm. And then our middle child, Lincoln, who's six, um, and our little girl, Olivia, who's three, they love to, to go at it uh, and uh, uh, pick on each other. Pick, pick on each other. And uh, <laughs> Samuel, he's, he's pretty much, he does his own thing every now and then. Like if he doesn't like something his brother does, he'll he'll, he'll grab his hair or, or push him, but, uh, he pretty much does his own thing. But, you know, for us is trying, especially Lincoln, who's now six, that sometimes gets frustrated at his brother mm-hmm. because he doesn't do something that's trying to, at his level, try to educate him and make him understand, Hey, God made your brother a little bit different. Uh, and, and we've got to be patient and we've got to be kind and, um, accepting of it. And he does a good job of that the majority of the time, but a moment he, he gets frustrated with it and really doesn't understand why, you know, his brother doesn't listen or when I get in a car like everybody else. And, right. um, and why doesn't he get in trouble for, you know, for certain yeah. things. And it's yeah. like, you know, trying to explain that, that difference between, you know, like your brother um, struggles with, with communicating sometimes. And sometimes he might pull your hair if he's trying to get the words out and he can't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so really like modeling too for Lincoln and Olivia, um, how to treat each other, you know, like how to treat Samuel in those situations and how to work through those situations is, you know, is key for our family. And, um, we're not perfect. And, you know, and sometimes we, we struggle as well. And, and that shows, but like really, you know, sitting down as a family and trying to, you know, help Lincoln to understand, um, that sometimes we have to explain to Samuel why this is wrong. And Mm -hmm. you know, that this is, you know, that this is wrong, but, um, you know, just working through those situations and, um, and helping Lincoln not to kind of feel, 
Um, like we can see here lately, you know, like how Lincoln can feel kind of um, brushed aside, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of attention is on Samuel yeah. in those moments. And, um, and that, that can be really frustrating, yeah. you know, and um, it's hard that sibling dynamic, trying to, yeah. to navigate all of that and making sure everyone feels seen and loved yeah. and valued. And yeah. I know that's challenging. Um, that's, that was something, you know, my son is an only child. So that's not a dynamic that I've ever had to yeah. navigate through, but I know that's got to be, uh, can be challenging as you try to do that. But you know what I love about you guys, I love how you all have used your story and, and your story with your son with autism and how you're using it now to help other families whose lives are impacted by autism through your nonprofit. So tell us about your nonprofit, how it got started, what, what inspired you? Obviously your son did, uh, inspired you to do this, but tell us about your journey of starting your nonprofit and what you all do. Yeah. So, um, when Samuel was diagnosed, um, we were in a Bible study through our church call and, uh, we were reading the book, the circle maker mm -hmm. and, uh, talking about circling your, you know, your prayers and Bob and I literally, we started, um, you know, through a dark period of time, we started taking times doing laps around our house each night. We cut the know. floodlights on and <laughs> know that our neighbors probably thought we were crazy, <laughs> but we were Love like, you it. know what, we, we, we've got to give it up. <laughs> yeah. So we started, you know, taking turns, walking around the house and just praying individually, praying together about Samuel, his future, um, and then made the decision for, for Bobby and Samuel to go to Winston-Salem throughout the week. And, um, you know, through that, you know, that was just a, a kind of a period in our life where we were coming to acceptance uh, of, of autism and Samuel's disability. Uh, but also that was starting, that was bringing us closer together to God yeah. uh, through that and, and, and reading that book and, and just really, spending time in prayer and being intentional with it. Um, and then, uh, so they started going to the therapy throughout the week. I was working at East Carolina university at the time. And then whenever I had a break throughout the day, throughout the week, I started advocating, um, you know, uh, for, for, uh, service services, medical coverage in, in Eastern North Carolina, um, because we knew what we were doing. Most families couldn't do yeah. But we also knew it was temporary because it was so expensive. Uh, so I started going to the state legislator advocating, hey, kids need these services. It can be life changing. Um, and then other members in the community started reaching out to Bobby and I, other parents, you know, single moms, uh, grandparents. Like, hey, we need our child to you know, tell us about Samuel. How's he getting this help? How's it making making a difference? And. Um, God really started stirring in our hearts, hey, you know, yes, what we're doing is hard, but hey, we're able to get Samuel help, you know, and just thinking about those that here in North, Eastern North Carolina that couldn't do what we were doing. And so at that same time, we had those members, some of those members that were in our small group through our church reach out to us and like, hey, we want to do a, we want to do a fundraiser for your, for your son and your family to help with driving expenses with, with therapy cost. And then my boss uh, at ECU, his wife wanted to do something. 
And then we had these business leaders that reached out to us wanting to do something. So these groups of people all didn't all know each other were reaching out to us in a really about a month span altogether. Wow. And Bobby and I talked, we're like, hey, why don't we get these groups of people together and let's talk to them about what God really has, is laying on our hearts and what's really how he's speaking to us. So we met one Sunday afternoon at a local tennis club called Baywood Racket Club here in Greenville. And, and all those different individuals groups came together and we presented them. I really, God was moving on us. And we told them, hey, yes, Samuel needs to help. We appreciate it. But let's make it more about just one kid and let's start a nonprofit and let's bring services that Samuel's receiving to Eastern North Carolina. And uh, they all said, okay, yeah, well, let's do it. So we established a nonprofit, ACES for Autism. It started with a tennis tournament. That's how you get the name. And uh, we put together a dinner and a tennis tournament in about a six-week span. And uh, in November 2014 was our first event and raised some money. And we're like, okay, that was pretty successful. Let's do another one next fall. And the following fall, we did another one in fall 2015. And then at that point, we knew we could hire a therapist and be able to pay him for at least a couple of years. (laughs) So... We hired our first therapist in late 2015 and started serving kids with autism out of the preschool wing of a donated space at a church in uh, in early 2016. Um, and it's just been really, really cool to see how God has moved. Um, Bob and I are not professional fundraisers. We're not <laughs> professional speakers. But we said yes to what God moved set on our hearts. And that's what we tell families and tell people all the time, whether it's autism or something else, if God's moving in your heart, say yes, mm-hmm. and he will do the rest. Yeah. And that's what he's done every step of the way with ACES mm-hmm. for Autism. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's opened up doors that only he could open up. Mm-hmm. And it's just been really amazing just for us to just to be a part of it and be uh, be able to do this. What does it look like now? So that was when how you started. So today, yeah. what like what all do you offer? Tell us about what, what how you've grown over these years. Yeah, so we um, uh, we now have our own space. We moved into our own space in 2019. We're able to to purchase our own space, which is uh, we have a clinic. There's a this is a little bit over 11,000 square feet, um, and then some office space uh, included with that. Um, and then we started this past August, a child developmental center, uh, which is preschool classrooms. And the heart behind it is, again, through our journey with Samuel, um, when Bobby and Samuel moved back here full time, uh, and Samuel started getting services at ACEs, he also started kindergarten. And uh, he was able to have a one-to-one go with him to a typically developing kindergarten class and we just saw Samuel's progress to skyrocket. Language uh, just shot mm-hmm. through the roof with with Samuel, and you know some of the things that um, you know, like with fine motor and 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 that sort of thing. That um, like I just think about like cutting with scissors, like his friends are doing, and and things like that. He was um, he was wanting to try those things. He was wanting to do more, and um, to see him become more independent and see that language come through, it was um, it was. 
an amazing opportunity for him because he had his one-on-one support there behaviorally if he needed it. And then um, he had his whole class of typically developing student, uh, you know, friends that were walking alongside him and, you know, and learning about autism and learning how to be friends with, you know, with Samuel and, um, and they have rallied beside him since day one. And, um, and still that core group, um, they've gone with each other since, you know, kindergarten all the way up through now about to be in fifth grade. And like every step of the way, like they, um, they come alongside him and get him to join in on, you know, at recess and, um, and at lunchtime. And, um, and so it's been an amazing opportunity for him, um, to be able to have that environment. And so that's really where the, the child development center came from that, you know, that, vision was, you know, making that opportunity for other kids in the community. Um, You know, a lot of kids don't get that opportunity to be around typically developing kids. And so um, inviting everybody to be able to learn from each other Mm -hmm. in in that environment. So amazing. Yeah. And because it's just uh, the, and, and something, you know, advocacy is still something that is important to us is just, um, there's a lot of great people, a lot of great teachers, uh, special education teachers, but the system in the public schools, at least in this area, is not set up to serve to serve the children and, and, and allow them to be in the least restrictive environment. And um, we're working on that um, with, with the school system. But, you know, our heart is really because of Samuel and how he's grown and really very similar to Bobby and I, how he's taught us more than we've taught him, his teachers and his peers in his class have learned acceptance. They've learned, hey, Samuel's a child of God, just like they are. You know, God made them different. And, um, you know, he's developed those relationships that, you know, um, that are really, really important. And other kids need that same opportunity. They need to be able to be able to be around those typically developing kids and not isolate you know this population uh, that so many times they are that isolation and uh, it's just been amazing to see uh, his growth and uh, uh, we had a there's probably a couple years ago there was a birthday party he got invited to with one of his friends from his classroom and it was um, at a swimming pool and you know he invited kids from his classroom, uh, the, the the child, uh, but he also just probably family members and others that he knew in his neighborhood. And uh, Samuel was at it and Samuel got up to, to the top of the water slide one time and just stopped. And, you know, he was, he was stemming. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, innocently, one of the kids that didn't know Samuel was kind of like, Hey, come on, you know, they're tired of waiting. And that friend from his class jumped out of that pool and with the with kindness, but also direct at that other child and says, hey, Samuel's my friend and Samuel has autism uh, and so we got to leave, leave, <laughs> leave him alone. And, yeah. you know, just that was just really cool to see as a parent. You know, that that uh that, that little kid Bronson do that and he was gonna um, stand up for stand him. up for him, <laughs> yeah. but in, in a way that wasn't uh putting that other child down, but was direct and gracefully that uh it was just really, really cool to see. Yeah. 
We need to teach adults how to respond that yeah. way, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Learn from the kids. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when you have a child that's impacted by disability, as you well know, it, it impacts the entire family from mom to dad to siblings, everybody's impacted. So how have you seen the work that you've done through your nonprofit impact the entire family? You know, when, when you see the families that come in to your center. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, it's been really, really cool. Um, uh, there's, there's one family in particular that, uh, that comes to mind, uh, and we could share stories all day, but yeah. one, uh, similar to Bobby and I, like, you know, Greenville, we don't have any family in the area, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, having a grandparent or aunt or uncle or somebody that can help carry the, the, the load can be very, very beneficial. And, um, you know, so really our family is our church family and our ACEs family. Um, similarly, um, when we first started, uh, one of the first families that reached out to us was a family actually that had just moved to the, to, uh, that she had moved originally to Rocky Mount, which is about an hour away from Greenville. Um, and this family moved from New York, kind of expecting their son was newly diagnosed, expecting him to receive the same services that he was receiving in New York. Yeah. So he got hired by Teach of America. They moved to Rocky Mount and then they called us in a panic, like, hey, you know, our son's got autism. We can't find any help for him. Can you guys help us? And we're like, yeah, we'll help you. Uh, so he started, they started making the commute to Greenville, uh, to the church we were at at the current time. And uh, they eventually moved to Greenville to be closer to, to ACES. Um, but we do community events throughout the year. And one of them is uh, we partner with another ministry called In His Wakes Ministry. Uh, and they do different water activities with uh, typically how they started was really underprivileged kids, kids, uh, you know, in schools that uh, low income families. Um, but the founder of that organization, Christy Overton Johnson, um, uh, came to our event one year and was like, hey, you know, God's really moving on my heart. I want to connect you with with Nate, who 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 runs his in his wakes now. And like, I want to do a day on the water for for children with autism. And uh, it's a really cool day where kids get in the water for the first time. They ride a boat for the first time. They get on a tube for the first time. And it's a one of our favorite days of the year. And and that family uh, that I was sharing with you about. The first time they came, their son had about a 45-minute meltdown the first time he came to Lake Christie uh, because he was in a different place, a different environment. And the family was sharing with Bobby and I, you know, after the, the son settled down and got through through the meltdown, as they were like, hey, our son, all he knows is he goes home and he goes to ACES. He doesn't go anywhere else uh, just because it's just too hard. You know, it's too hard for him to go to a grocery store. It's too hard to, for him to go to a restaurant. And, uh, you know, they were wanting to, to leave during that meltdown. They're like, no, we're going to walk you, walk alongside you. We're going to walk through this and we're going to get through it. You're in the best place possible to work yes. through something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you're going to have a meltdown, this is the place to be. You've got people who get it and understand. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, so by the end of that day, 
that kid was on a tube with his mom and dad making memories that they'll never forget. And uh, that's what, that's our heart was Bob and I is that families, they, they develop uh, an understanding that at ACEs, we're going to walk alongside you and they get the experience and, and, and develop memories, create memories, just like other families do. And, um, you know, we live close to the beach. We're about an hour away from the beach. And my family said they'd never been to the beach before. And I'm like, well, we're going to we're going to work on Lake Christie. We're going to get you guys are going to start developing memories, riding on the tube of Lake Christie. And then we're going to start working on, hey, you've been able to go walk on the beach with your son yeah. and uh, develop those memories and, and uh, create those opportunities that sometimes families get left out of is kind of the, our hearts. Right. And too, you know, thinking about the day at Lake Christie, you know, like we talked about earlier with with siblings, you know, a lot of times siblings, you know, in that dynamic, they're not able to kind of build those relationships with their with their um, with their brother or sister that might have autism. And so creating those opportunities where it's a low key day and they're able to just like, you know, that family could get on the tube with, um, with each other, you know, those brothers and sisters come alongside their, their sibling and they're playing in the water and to see them on the boat and on the tube together. And, and they're creating those, those good lasting memories that, um, that they'll be able to, you know, to build those relationships with. So great. Well, you know, I was thinking about because, you know, you all started your nonprofit. My late husband and I started Rising Above back in 2005. And when I think back to those early days, you know, anytime you start something new, there's a risk involved. You know, you don't know you're raising funds. You don't know, you know, how things are going to go. My husband walked away from a corporate job, you know, all the things for us to be able to do this. And I look back now and I think, what if we had said no? What if we yeah. had said, you know, like, what if we had chosen not to, to take the risk and not to, to, you know, do what God had called us to do? Yeah. How would that have impacted our family and then all the other families impacted by rising above? And yeah. I thought about that in relation to what you all have done. Right. You know, what if you had said no? What if you, you know, if you thought about that, like all the lives you've seen impacted, would you go back? And, and, you know, when you think back now, all the hard, all the things you've gone through, you know, to get to where you are now, yeah. do you have any regrets? Do you have anything like, you know, you look at it and you go like, we look, I look at our life and I go, I, I can't imagine if we'd said no, like I can't yeah. even think about that. So what about with you guys? It really didn't even like dawn on me until somebody here in the past, like year or so was like, um, you could have just said no, like mm-hmm. you could have just gone on with Samuel's therapy and, um, you could have just kept going, you know, concentrating on, on Samuel and, um, getting him what he needed in Winston-Salem. But it like, you know, when, when God laid that on our hearts, it was kind of like, okay, um, let's go, let's, let's do this. What, um, you know, where do we need to go now? And, um, and that sort of thing. And, um, I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, I I think the biggest thing, for us, is like, you know, when we started ACES, we never envisioned that we both would eventually be working for ACES. Yeah, for here. You, know, we, yeah. we, you know, we hired therapists and we're like, you know, you guys do this and, you know, I'll keep my job at ECU and Bobby eventually will go back to teaching and, um, you know, God had bigger plans. Mm-hmm. And I always go back to, you know, and this was even before Samuel got the diagnosis of autism, but we knew something was wrong. And, 
um, still trying to figure that out is we, we prayed over his crib every single night and we're like me thinking as it, I'm like, God, just heal him, just heal him. And if he heals him, I'll make sure that he, uh, uh, gives you all the glory and honor. And he, he, he tells everybody, Hey, that you healed him. And, um, that was my way of thinking, but God's plans are way bigger and he's way smarter than we, we ever yeah. will be. And he's used Samuel and his life to impact so many people, even people we still don't even know uh, through our advocacy, through the state legislator and getting laws changed to ACEs for autism. And Samuel now he's got the sweetest spirit and just, People are just, you know, uh, just a, they just gravitate to him uh, just by him and, and his nature. And God has used him. He's answered that prayer, but not the way that I thought he was going to yeah. answer it. And uh, it's just been really, really cool to see um, God really use something that, you know, we thought is, okay, this is just, we're in a dark place and we didn't know what we we're going to do. And he's really used that. To, to impact his kingdom and impact people. And we tell people all the time at ACES, hey, you know, we provide a lot of different types of services where it'd be therapy, community events. Um, you know, we try to do stuff with families and give them a, a night, a date night where they they get um, a, a time together as couples. Um, you know, ACES is going to be there for families and provide a service but there's still going to be dark times. Right. There's still going to be moments where you're like, what, what, do, what is my child going to be like 10 years from now? And we can't fix that. Right. And you have to have something to, to, to depend on. And the only person to depend on is your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, we still have dark moments and, and those, those times we get on our knees and, and, and pray to God. And he's the one that gives us the strength to get through those. And that's why our heart is really want to want, want people to know that and families mm-hmm. to know that yeah. is um, to depend on Christ and yeah. to de- depend on your relationship with him. Yeah. It's the only way that's the only way yeah. we'll make it on this journey as we raise our kids with special needs. Well, you know, this is our year of restoration at rising above. And we are looking at, ways that we are allowing God to restore those broken and beat up places in our hearts. And so what are you guys doing right now that is allowing God to bring restoration into your life? That's yeah. really you want to start or me start. Now you can go ahead. You sure? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier is uh, you can get so busy, you know, with your family and the dynamics uh, with autism and raising two other kids and your work, at, in, you know, in a nonprofit is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of hard work is um, really going back to making sure you're really intentional with your prayer. Uh, um, you know, I've even talked about, you know, us going back and reading the circle maker again. And, 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 and going back and restoring, Hey, this is how it started. Um, and, and circling your prayers and being intentional with that. And also being intentional with family time and making sure that, you know, it's, it's one of those things. If, if, if you can't take care of your own family, how can you take care of others and being intentional with that? We just got back from Florida a couple of weeks ago on a vacation that, 
we hadn't done in a while, you know, where uh, it was just us as a family and it was just really, really I'm cool. I'm not sure if we ever have taken yeah. a vacation. Yeah, no, all three, yeah. <laughs> so I think that was the very yeah. first one. Yeah, that was just a, t- a real, a real vacation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and just being really intentional uh, with, you know, our relationship with Christ and, 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 and also intentional with making sure that, you know, we're intentional in spending time with our family. Be yeah. for me. Yeah. No. Our, we got back from the the um trip to Florida and our our middle child Lincoln, he's like, that was the best trip ever. And mm-hmm. you know, we we could have done nothing the entire trip, but just spent time together and that's all he wanted. You know, that that's all that you know meant the most to him was just time together. So um but I was just going to say, you know, just being intentional, you know, with, yeah. with your quiet time and making sure that, you know, you're in the word because um, that's really the only place that you get relief yeah. from, you know, and um, when you're going through hard times and when you're going through, when you're struggling with something, being able to give it to God and know that, um, that he, he hears you, he sees you. Um, and he cares about everything that you care about. And, um, you know, he might not answer things the way that you want him to, but he's got a plan. And his plan's always better than what we have in mind anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, Kyle and Bobby, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a joy to get to meet you all and hear about your journey and hear about the amazing things you're doing. And so thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.